0: Hello and welcome to TNT, the technology and things podcast. Your host, Paul Ferraro, is a former IT exec and currently a technology advisor. Jeff Kruger, a fellow technology enthusiast, is the co-host. They both spent many years working for a Fortune 500 company and are both passionate about leadership, technology and the community.
1: Evan. Hey Paul, can you hear me? I can. Can
0: you hear me? I'm not hearing anything from you guys.
2: Uh oh. Oh, okay. Give us a second. <laughs> I gotta, like.
0: It, it, I'm just a jinx. Every time. There we go. A How jinx, about that?
2: What
1: is that better?
0: I can hear you now, and I think I'm just a jinx, guys. I think that's just what it is.
1: <laughs> you know, we were we were chatting about this. The um, so so that I think on our first episode with you. I think it was our first remote interview that I think we had so done. I think so
0: because it was right after you know as, as things were starting to yeah get interesting,
1: and and uh, we ended up doing like I don't know a, a whole ton of interviews after that over you know Zoom of course, but that was the first one, and uh, so now the, the we're doing the first one actually in our mobile studio. <laughs> I love being the QA tester. Make yes. it happen. I like it. So Jeffrey just walked in here about yeah. five minutes ago. <laughs> and uh so we're always we're always on the cutting edge of trying something new.
2: I literally walked uh, walked in the back of the van. Uh,
1: <laughs> yeah. So we have a, a mobile studio now, which we started working on in July of last year. And very uh, th- cool. And so we're we're still working out the kinks. There's <laughs> a lot of there's a lot of technology, uh, in here and, uh, a lot of wires and a lot of microphones and it's and, pretty impressive and video, but, uh, it's going to be, it's going to be fun.
0: Well, I mean, this way you can go do these things and broadcast from, from conferences and stuff when, when everybody's vaccinated, that's pretty great.
1: Yeah, exactly. That That's the whole idea is that we'll be able to, um, we'll be able to take it, you know, to events. We'll be able to do customer events. We'll be able to, uh. You know, go because right now when we did when we were doing uh, interviews at a customer site, it's like we got to bring all this gear, set it up in a mm-hmm. conference room. You don't know what the audio is going to be like. It's it's sort of unnerving it's setting everything up like and then doing it an interview five minutes later. It's it's not the best, right? Um, and and now you have more control over that. Which exactly. Now yeah. it's like, hey, just come into our van, which sounds a little weird, but you know.
2: Doesn't everyone have a podcast van?
1: I don't think so. Oh. I think we're on the we're on the cutting edge here with the with the uh, with the van. I, I,
0: I definitely think the um, Mission Impossible vibes. Are, I mean, you can lean into
2: that side of things.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know? like if we needed to go somewhere right now, we could.
2: All we need now <laughs> is as a NFT artwork, and we would be up to date. <laughs> not I, a Non fun, fungible token. Uh, <laughs>
0: that, that generate that the that, that drives up electricity costs for a lot of people let's just put it that way oh really i don't know if it's true but i saw i think on twitter the actual like fossil fuel consumption of generating an nft is just like enormous
2: are we talking are look- we talking about the same thing?
0: You're talking about the, well, if we're talking about the non-fungible things that are part of Ethereum.
2: Yeah. Yeah. non yeah, token, yeah.
0: yeah. Apparently. And, and I could be wrong about this. Let me, let me own that. This is like me reading stuff across Twitter over time, but I did, I did a little bit of, of Googling and I, I, my understanding is they generate, they, they require the generation of an, a just exorbitant amount of electricity.
2: So an, an NFT is like a different Uh, crypto token than any other Mm -hmm. Uh, it requires more huh i didn't know that
0: well and and, but as it is like bitcoin and stuff is consuming a a, you know ridiculous
2: amount of electricity are people still mining it you know i'm sorry are people still mining bitcoin i thought it was all mined out well
0: i don't know if people are um you know, there's there's a lot of a lot of fun, <laughs> a lot of fun gray market stuff that happens in other economies around the world.
1: Gotcha. So so what's been going on with you, Evan? It's been uh, it's been a year. Uh, it has been. Yeah, we've been. Yeah.
0: Uh, you know, we we've been doing a lot of working from home, which sort of I've been doing for a long time. So that's been. You know that I I came into this with all the advantages of knowing how to do this, and our team was all remote, so we kind of had that advantage. But it has been. Very, very busy. Um, that's one of the things, right with with the last year is the number of companies who were in the the cloud and remote work space, their work just exploded. Yeah, and you know the the back end for a lot of these systems are databases. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at, at, at some point, at some point, it is data in columns and rows on a disk that's that's running all this stuff. And uh, so yeah, our business has been very, very busy um in in good ways and we we really have seen our work in the cloud space with kubernetes and things like that just grow leaps and bounds um postgres as a uh, as an embedded database for a lot of of cloud-based apps and solutions has grown leaps and bounds so it's been it's been a busy year it's been a fun year that's awesome
2: it's very good to
1: hear
0: yeah you guys too Things seem to be going pretty well for you. Your your shows certainly have gone wide. A lot of security stuff. I like hearing. That's that's good to hear. Considering the last twelve months,
1: it's almost turned into a security show, <laughs> uh, which is you know you just go you go wherever the the guests you know that we get and and we kind of go wherever we go where the stories are yeah. right and and so it turns out um, security is sort of a hot topic.
0: <laughs> it, it's a hot topic for us too. It is very interesting seeing the number of sites who are asking about how to secure data in place and things like that, which I would never have really expected before. So it's definitely gone a lot deeper into organizations' mentalities. And, and the good news is the there are a lot of bells and whistles for Postgres that allow that. Um, and so when, you know, the government comes out with a recommendation that everyone needs to do TLS everywhere, which like, of course they do. That's like that's common sense, but it's nice to see the government actually say that and companies paying attention to it. It's already been an embedded feature of Postgres for a long, long time, and there's lots of different ways to do it. Um, and my company, Crunchy Data, we were one of the co-authors of the STIG, which I don't know if you guys are at all in the the government security side of things, but that's a secure technical implementation guide uh, that we co-authored with DISA for Postgres. And we wrote the original Postgres Stig for Postgres 9.4, 9.5, 9.3, something like that, uh, years ago. Um, and it, now it's been updated. And so finally, there's a back in January, an updated Stig got published because there were so many things that have changed in computing since the original one that like, there was no accounting for how you implement Postgres securely in virtual machines in the original Stig and everything's virtual machines now. So you have to account for that. So, you know, we've been, we've been very, very heavy into that space uh, in the last couple of years.
1: We are doing uh, quite a bit in the CMMC uh, advisory space. Um, Oh, cool. Yeah. And um, so I I don't know a whole lot about it, but um, (laughs) I've been learning. It's been a, a bit of a fire hose, but it's sort of all the new you know standards that uh, government contractors and things need to comply with by, I don't know, twenty twenty four or something. But there's a lot of there's obviously a lot of work to be done. You know, documenting your areas and and actually being able to go validate them, test them, and and be able to show that you're meeting the the standards, not just having a check box. But uh, oh so, yeah, so yeah, we're doing more of the uh, helping people kind of figure out. What they need to do in helping them fix it. Um, we're we're not doing the. Uh, there's a whole audit piece. Mm-hmm. We don't we don't do the audit piece. But um,
0: well, you need to keep that separate. Yeah, right? yeah. Because yeah, like that has to. That that's one of the the core values of that stuff is you got to keep your auditing process and your auditing teams. Completely yeah,
1: yeah. Separate You're like, hey, we did the work team. and then we audited it, everything's good. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's yeah. like a self signed certificate. Sure, that can be a thing, but yeah. So anyway, yeah, but uh, so we do we do some work in that space, um, but uh, it's uh, definitely a growing growing area.
0: Have you guys found it interesting? I mean, it, it it is there is the question of the there is the productivity question, right? Like security is absolutely necessary; it's absolutely required, but it is in and of itself not necessarily a source of growth and productivity.
1: Well, there there is a. I think there's a there's been a massive shift there where security teams are having to actually work on the solution. They don't just get to so say they're, like they're integrated from the start. That's yeah, good. Uh, that's most of our clients. I mean, the security teams are driving a lot of the. They're they're like in the driver's seat, it, just along with some of the services teams, making sure that it's going to work for the for their for their internal. Employees or their business or whatever it is. They're not just sort of like going, hey, you know, sort of finding a bunch of issues with what the, you know, IT team is doing, but they're actually having to be like fully integrated, working on it, making it work, which is, you know, which is, which is nice. I mean,
0: that is, yeah, that's really good. If so, you have someone doing that from the ground up at the beginning, it is way yeah. easier
1: to get it done right. Yep. Yep. And uh, I think it's, it's a lot less painful for everybody. Um, what what's going on with uh i know when we we sort of talked before we had the uh this thing set up you you had mentioned uh red hat and i b m and all of that <laughs> i'm curious what what you're seeing in that space is that is that uh has that it been- has it
0: has been very interesting seeing what's happened with um the world of linux and the world of open source before and after that merger, in my opinion. And again, this is all just my opinion. So, you know, heaping teaspoons of salt from everybody. But the, (laughs) you know, you see, I think one of the first things you see is there is a a extension of the Red Hat mentality and management into IBM, which I think is a good thing. Um, IBM's a remarkable organization in terms of its ability to reinvent itself every generation or so. Um, it's just it, the fact that they can pull it off is, is a pretty surprising thing when you consider the ups and downs that company's had over the course of its history. Yeah. And now I think Jim Whitehurst is, is in line to potentially be the next CEO of IBM, which I mean, would anyone have bet on that? That's pretty incredible. Years ago? Yeah. 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 I mean, that's, that's amazing. And it's also, I think a great move. Is I, he the, think is he the is president
1: it. right now or, or, yeah, he's
0: the president right now. I believe, I believe, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I believe so. Um, I think that was recently announced. I think that was, I think it was this year, maybe. Um, but you also see, you know, I don't know how many customers you have on CentOS, but we have a lot. And they announced that CentOS Eight is going to be the last re- feature for feature free open source rebuild of oh. of the Red Hat Enterprise Linux subscription. And after that, CentOS will continue to exist, but they're going to something called CentOS Stream. Which is going to be the development branch of Red Hat Enterprise Linux. So, for enterprises that have policy mandates that they cannot run development branches, which many of them do, running on CentOS will no longer be valid for what they do. And right. now they have to reevaluate: Are we buying a Red Hat Enterprise Linux subscription? Um, and there's, you know, lots of announcements of, of organizations that are looking at doing a rebuild of of Red Hat Enterprise Linux feature for feature, independent of CentOS. I think Rocket Linux was announced or something like that. I, I have no opinion on this per se. But you know, I do not think that Red Hat, independent of IBM, would have done a move that was so easily interpreted as anti the open source philosophy, as this has been interpreted um you know we've got some customers who are talking to us about looking at debian and ubuntu now because of the lack of centos um being a, a enterprise class rebuild of red hat enterprise Linux, feature for feature that does not require a subscription
1: right well i would imagine tons of companies migrated to to that free version and now they're going to be looking for the next thing so sense?
0: Uh, yes some um, my experience with this and again this is you know all my own experience, a lot of other people have different experiences, but my own experience of this is, is not that a lot of companies migrated from like Red Hat Enterprise Linux to CentOS. They were using CentOS as the the proving ground and proof of concept things for things they'd they'd later move to Red Hat Enterprise Linux. I don't think it really was a significant drain on potential Red Hat Enterprise Linux revenue. I don't. Um, I, I see a lot of sites were using it for proof of concepts, and then when it would go, you know, enterprise wide and deep, they'd they'd roll it on enterprise Red Hat Enterprise Linux for all of the the reasons there. Um, so, I, were there some sites that moved off of Red Hat Enterprise Linux to CentOS? Sure. Were they like major institutional and major organizations? In my experience, no.
1: But you know, this is my opinion. I yeah. Could be wrong. Well, you know, <laughs> Jeff, you have any opinion on Linux? What's your
2: you're- uh you know I I was just thinking about like c- containers and stuff because uh I think that's one of the benefits of containers is you sort of can like uh you, you can stuff all of your app and everything into uh, into a little bundle and then not really care about the OS you're running on. So ah uh,
0: but like, do you know about UBI?
2: Uh, no, I don't. Please like uh, Yeah,
0: so this is where things get interesting, right? Because that the, the one of the things that Red Hat had to figure out in the last year, two years, three years is you'd have a lot of sites who would have X subscription for Red Hat Enterprise Linux. And then they'd have 10 to 12 X deployed in de facto servers because inside of each container Correct. would be another instance. Okay, right. And these containers were very ephemeral. They were stateless. They'd come up and down. So they had to figure out, well, what does that imply for our licensing? And so what they did, or forgive me, license is a bad word our subscription service. <laughs> um, so my, what they wound up doing, and again, this is my, my interpretation of it, is they rolled out this thing called uh, UBI, Universal Basic Instance, uh, which is essentially a pared down version of Linux, of Red Hat Enterprise Linux, that will universally be applicable for and licensed for inside of a container. You can run it however you want, however much you want, but it is pared down. It does not have all of the packages that comes with standard Red Hat Enterprise Linux. And they also split it into, um, there's Red Hat Enterprise Linux and there's Red Hat Enterprise Linux EPEL, which I think is extended license or extended packaging or something like that, which has a whole bunch of other packages rolled in for enhancing features. And there are certain things you need um, for example, I think there's a if I'm remembering this correctly, the PostGIS extension uh, for Postgres, which is what a lot of geospatial sites use. You have to have this EPEL package installed in order to make parts of that run. Well, none of that is necessarily um, available inside of the standard UBI build of Linux that's available inside the containers anymore. So it it, it provides. So what packages are included where and why? beyond just the linux kernel is a very fraught area for the kubernetes and container space purely from a um, purely from a supportability standpoint you know what what do you have the rights to support what do you have the rights to ask for the entitlement to
1: ask for support on given how you're running your infrastructure you practically have to have a law degree, it seems like, for that. Um, so
0: that this is the problem, right? You're not supposed to open sources. You're not supposed to have to think about any of this stuff. And, you know, we <laughs> hey, we here at Crunchy Data work extremely hard so our customers don't have to think about this stuff. Um, well, we,
1: I, Evan, I you know. <laughs> hate to cut you off, but but we uh, I'm sorry. We no 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 don't don't apologize but uh we're we're gonna have to uh do this again because we're we're all out of time i mean we oh no yeah (laughs) we are um our sponsors uh, we have to go take care of our sponsors so (laughs) Paul. um, thank you for your time yes thank you evan it was great to see you again i can't believe it's been a year we'll make sure we don't wait a year again and uh and we might have our act together next time when we meet with you all
0: right well drive safely in the van guys have a great one
1: (laughs) Thanks a lot, Evan. Have a good day. Take care. (laughs) Goodbye. Bye-bye.